Hello everyone, uh, welcome to Artist Date. My name is Jana Komarnitska and I am together with uh, Pedro Bonato. And today we will continue our exploration of uh, artist life, travel, work, uh, and everything related to not only working together, but living together and creating art together. And this show is brought to you by Yana Dance Club, the teaching platform for those who want to explore dance and specifically belly dance, which I'm sure we will talk later more in the show because many of our activities are about creating content for this platform. Uh, but right now we are recording this episode officially from Cappadocia. The previous one was first hour in Cappadocia about our previous experiences because we couldn't do it in Pamukkale, but now it's officially from Cappadocia, from beautiful cave hotel. It's little, it's the room that is uh, digged in the cave and we'll show probably at mm -hmm. some point here the footage of actual hotel. You would never think it's actually living space because it's just a huge rock. And here we are inside our last 50 minutes before we actually have to check out of here. <laughs> but life, uh, how we, uh, how it goes with us, last minutes, that's what we are doing, creating content. <laughs> yes, yeah. And uh, well, also to remind you to, if you can, like, subscribe, so that you see these episodes. We're trying to make them come out every week uh, for you guys. And uh, it really helps if you like the, the like, comment. And also, if you have any questions for us, uh, don't be shy, we're waiting for your questions, we're happy to answer whatever you'd like to know. And you can do that either on the YouTube comments, but hopefully you can go to yanadance.com slash artistdate. And there you can just submit your questions, hopefully tell like a little bit about like uh, your situation. And uh, we'll answer in one of the next uh, episodes. So, uh, it's been a week or... So a little bit more than a week and change that uh, we've been in uh, Cappadocia that uh, I used to pronounce it Cappadocia both in English and I think in, in Portuguese my uh, my native language you call Cappadocia but uh, here they call Cappadocia so we are using the nomenclature that uh, the people here use. Even so. the spelling. I saw in English, uh, in many places, they put C-A, but here around, when you look at the announcement, it's K-A, so yeah, who knows? Cappadocia, yeah, and it's very interesting, like, it's sort of like uh, that, well, at least the first time I've seen it was in, uh, like, Instagram, right? So, like, you see all those, like, magic balloons and uh, those beautiful carpets and this crazy, crazy, crazy... Um, landscapes and the cave houses and all that so to me it was always like some, somewhere to go and for double reasons at least like was one was because of this like beautiful nice amazing place close to like in turkey that you can go and check it out and uh, go on the balloon rides and all that and we'll probably talk a little bit about it. we'll probably dedicate a whole episode about that later but um to me at least the main thing that was like coming here was to see these uh, cave, uh, uh, like these caves where people used to live because I have such a fascination about ancient history and specifically like on our way to go back Tepe as I'm trying to, <laughs> to see. Uh, but to me, it was like, quite fascinating to actually see these caves that sometimes in the underground cities, which we'll probably talk about. But like, I'm very impressed with everything in, uh, in Cappadocia and uh, as people talk about is it too much hype or is it like Instagram live for reality? No, it's absolutely, at least on my uh, 
view here. It's magical place. It's really beautiful. It's so many things to do and uh, I highly did, recommend. I did a bunch of stories on Instagram, video stories to prove, yeah, it's reality. It's not photoshopped. Yes. <laughs> and about that, you can always follow Yana at Yana underscore dance and me, Pedro Bonato. Uh, but uh, Yana actually is the queen of stories. So everything that you're doing, <laughs> she's actually documenting throughout the I'm also the saving and highlight. So if you skip it, it's worth watching. Uh, like our trip to Pamukkale and Cappadocia already so far. Already more than 100 stories but yes. already selection because every time every two minutes there's something like you, you wow you want to film you want to document for yourself for memories and of course like i also to try to share yeah. and uh, tell what it is not just uh, sharing the, the things so. yeah and uh, as you will see like probably this little shift over the last few episodes that i'm trying to insert more footage that is not just us talking uh, uh, all the time so that you guys can have like a feel and you're trying to see what this show will be about too so uh, with that about what this show is about so what's on your mind <laughs> well i last week uh which to me i'm completely lost in time it feels like we just arrived yesterday and we've been here already a few months yeah. and for me pamukkale Cappadocia, it's like one long day still so the thing that was on my mind is the sensation and emotions that you start feeling that at least i did then you attend certain places uh like first time it hit me in Bamukale when we went to that amphitheater and sitting there and just looking at the stage and i remember i literally started just crying <laughs> all those emotions and uh second time that it hit like really like I mean, I didn't cry, but it was that moment emotional. It was in uh, Cappadocia, in Caravansarai that we went to. And uh, they transformed... Caravansarai is the place for travelers. That one was thir 13th century, 1249, yeah, they yeah. put it. They so maybe you should slow down and explain what the Caravansarai is. That's what I was approaching. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so Caravansarai is the place that was uh, built uh, on many trade roads. Uh, that on one the Silk was a, Road. That one was a part of Silk Road, but I assume yeah. like around, like there are many different ones. But that one from Silk Road. And then for travelers... And traders and travels it was a place to stop. And some of caravansarais were just like hotels, let's say, just to sleep, eat, let horses rest, to change horses, whatever was happening. And some of them were also marketplaces. So the traders not only could dress, but also exchange their goods because they all come from like different slightly directions or countries. So that was a place for them to do like also business. And the one, but now this day that they reconstructed that uh, specific caravansarai and part of the building they transformed into a theater where they now host uh, whirling uh, dervish shows or ceremonies. Performance. Yeah. Um, show. Ceremonies. Is there's the a whole thing like here, yeah. like it's a kind of like also matter of pride to say, oh, it's not a show, dervish show. Like it's a ceremony that they allow people to watch. Uh, but it's kind of like, it's uh, it's advertised tourists. it's advertised yeah. together with jeep um, rides jeep rides yeah. yeah. so we didn't go to the actual show i had in my uh, previous trips to istanbul i had experience of actually attending dervish house and seeing not the show but actual thing so uh i don't know how this one would go but anyway we went to that part of the building and it was empty it was just us and it's this 
huge ceilings uh, that ceilings is like also amphitheater, but it's closed. It's not open amphitheater. And that stage and that light that comes from the open door and uh, I remember like sitting in both places, but especially it hit me like first in Pamukkale, the amphitheater, and that emotions which was uh, to me thinking back, it's probably was a two things combined. I mean, it was one thing, but it was influenced by another, which can happen during traveling specifically. So it's not just about place. It's that place brings up some unprocessed emotions inside you that because you're traveling, because you're doing so many stuff and you want to see this, this, and this, and you're tired and you don't have energy to hide them as you usually do in your day-to-day regular normal life that something like maybe would spark that emotion to come out but you kind of like have energy and forces to like okay no let's deal with our day-to-day life normal life let's go on but in that state first it was you're astonished by the place itself so it's like this excitement and then because you're tired you kind of let like it just happens (laughs) that they come out and for me it was um, a moment of processing and rethinking. I mean, I didn't have time to really stop because our trip mm-hmm. right now is so non-stop. It's like boom, 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 one thing after another. But it was a reminder, I think, for some unprocessed uh, self-doubts, which mm-hmm. a lot of artists have. And that question that... Yeah, the kind of no, at first hitting Pamukkale, yes, but yes. in Caravanserai it was just more like an echo of mm. that uh, that thoughts, like looking at that stage, beautiful stages in uh, pretty big both, I mean, the amphitheater was huge, Caravanserai was still like it's not that many people can be seated, but it's grandiose, it's that open, like high ceiling, open stage, and that like doubts that I think many artists would have to a certain extent of like, oh, are we good enough? Are we doing some choices in artistic life because we really want to do it or because we are trying to hide our insecurities and uh, uh, to choose easier path for still being an artist, but maybe not approaching your main goals and... uh, um, yeah, that's last week. I mean, I know Pamukkale was a little bit lo- longer than last week, but by feeling, it's still this week. Keep going. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this trip, I have a lot of emotions coming out mm-hmm. and dealing with a lot of fears. But from artistic point of view, like for me, that was two interesting things. And for me, it was a res- realization, oh, because I'm tired, they come out like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, yeah. For, it's uh, it's quite interesting. One thing that people should uh, like that's actually an actual recommendation, like about this idea of like fear, self doubt, and uh, being feeling worthy of doing uh, art and uh, whatever like your creative pursuit is, be art or whatever else. Um, there's one book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, uh, it, it's called uh, the subtitle, if I'm not mistaken, is like Conquering Your Inner Creative Battles. And uh, one of the things that he uh, talks about a lot is this idea of uh, resistance that he calls. He sort of like personifies that concept of resistance, that where 
it's like the thing that you want the most is the thing that you're going to avoid like the plague, right? And it's one of those things that you find this adjacent things that you can work on, except that thing that some, sometimes sort of like terrifies you because you really want to be the one that is able to do that, right? And then when you are sort of like deviated from the path for a while, whenever you encounter something that reminds you, like, and I think that's why maybe you had that experience in theaters, right? In these beautiful spaces and stuff, because we were like at some point, especially when you were in Toronto, like doing the Blue Dot Ensemble and with your performance, like as in dancing, we always have this idea of like doing these beautiful theater shows. And then sometimes the reality of performance when you're not, sometimes you actually are able, and we were lucky to be able to perform in some very cool uh, uh, spaces, but it's always something that is always a little bit rushed. It's a little bit like you can't really just dedicate to the art. And I think in places like the Caravansarai, um, which were like, I just happened to see on Google Maps that, oh, there's a Caravansarai close by, because we were all like about Cappadocia. It was always about the balloons, the even super ancient rock places, but not necessarily Caravansarai, like this building. And suddenly it was there. And suddenly, we, when we went in, it was this... To me, because I had actually the other way around on this, um, on this, uh, from your emotion of like having a, which is why I mentioned in this book and all these things. Because usually I am the one that is like, uh, oh, I'm not good enough, or like, uh, uh, like I'm wasting time. I'm just hiding it very well, usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like to me, it was actually the other way around. Like uh, the, the actually throughout the Cappadocia experience and starting with the theater, right? Because it's this idea of. Uh, the reality and the tangibility of your dreams. It was the other way around for me because it was like all oh, these places that I always read about, like the Caravansarais, they were like, as Yana mentioned like briefly, they were all these uh, spots along the Silk Road that would go all the way from China, all the way to Istanbul. So we're here almost at the end yeah. of... Um, of uh, of the um, of this route there's like a few other versions of like how people would would come through but cappadocia was actually a very important uh, like route from the times of the hittites which are these people that were like contemporaneous with um with uh, the, the ancient Egyptians, for example, and though we even went in Izmir, I will insert this here because that's actually a very cool uh, image that I was I was so touched to be able to see this live the first peace treaty that we have was a hit between the Hittites and the um, and uh, the Egyptians right and um, they were like sort of like mortal enemies because of, and but they try to do this um, this treaty and uh, it's preserved there and it's preserved next to one of the tablets that is the oldest like love poem that uh, was a woman that wrote and like all that history and then suddenly we're here in, in, uh, in Cappadocia where you have these caves and these underground cities that you're going to see you talk about later that they, the Hittites were building or at least they were using it if it happens that it's uh, older than, than that but it's just so interesting to be there in that history which is 4,000 years old and then suddenly you're transported to, okay, it's ancient because 800 years ago, but it's way more, at least on my view, way more like contemporary. Uh, but it's like this time of Marco Polo of these travelers bringing trade and instead of war, you would bring the trade. And 
what they did was that we even have we even saw some photos of the caravansarai that they put on the walls that I don't know, like 20, 30 years ago, was this ruins was just this. I think um, they said they reconstructed this 20 years ago. Yeah, like so, uh, they basically rebuilt a lot. I mean, a lot is still there, was still there, but a lot they basically rebuilt the caravansarai, and it was something that I've always read about it. I always saw, and I always imagined what it would be to create images or create music or create something on those places, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I'm saying. Like to me, it was the other way around. It's like, oh look. If you just put your life together in a way to allow yourself to be in the places and the situations where your dreams call you, they are there. Mm-hmm. They're real, you know? It's just you in your room, like, all with your anxieties and your fears and, um, I don't know, like, your inequality, your inadequacies and all those things. They, they are real, of course, but... As real is the you yourself that is the one that is doing those, the, bringing those dreams to life, right? And I think that's what I felt when I, when I went there. Like the quiet, the sounds of the neigh playing and the, the dervish, like they're not performing. I mean, they're not doing their ceremony right away. But so we had basically the place to ourselves aside from a few tourists and uh, walking around, it was fantastic. And I think we spent there a good two, three hours because already security guys at some point started literally following us, like what are the two people doing? Because usually people just come for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it's beautiful, it's big, but it's just a couple spots really to see. Like, uh, But at the same time, I think at least here, or maybe as a separate video, but we should no, showcase. We're, uh, we're going to showcase. As we're talking, I'm, I'm putting videos on top okay, of this. Okay, cool. Yes. Because it's uh, literally... And some videos we should put with actual sound. Which yes. Which from there. Uh, because they play this music on the background from CD. Beautiful. And it just brings you... I don't know. At some point, it reminded me the feel of... Uh, uh, there is uh, this movie, The Queen of uh, Desert, or with Nicole Kidman. Uh, uh, they just, like, traveling. Uh, I don't remember that. We watched together. Nicole Kidman? I think so. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I'll find the name. I think so. It's like traveling through desert and then at some point stopping somewhere to have this, like, rest... Uh, uh, yeah. and uh, refill and meet people there and then continue your travel who, now, who knows in which direction afterwards yeah the, um, anyway to, to me it was uh, very especially seeing that theater too like uh, the space that they built there they rebuilt um, it was very cool because uh, they were even one of the guides that was there he was talking about how why the ceilings were so high in those places, which is something mm. that I always thought about, like, oh, why is this so high? Besides, like, it's almost like a cathedral in a way. Yeah. But then there, what he was talking about, it's like, yeah, if the ceiling was super low, it would be damn hot in the place, like impossible, because it was like, what, 30, 40 degrees when you were like going around there. And this is a way, well, in a time where you don't have air conditioning or refrigeration, that's how you kept the, the place cool because then the, the hot air would come up and then there was a big flow of air. So that's how they kept the place cool, having this huge um, um, uh, buildings, right? And uh, it was quite fascinating to see also imagining that that was more on the trading uh, kinds of caravansarais, but you can imagine that people would like come and bring their goods and try to um, 
and try to exchange things right and uh, throughout the, the the silk road and i could not help but imagine all those things that was always inspired me both in terms of music and in terms of photography this let's say ancient uh routes of trading and it's something that at least to me i was thinking like why am i so at peace and in love with this place right away it was because it represents all the good things that happen in humanity i think like of course there's war of course there's people trying to and especially i can only imagine how the markets were back then with people trying to backstab mm -hmm. each other and trying to like but at the same time it was the beginning of seeing things that are new so you would bring stuff from your culture and then you bring to another person and then you see oh what's that instrument oh what's those clothes those things that we do even today that's our wanderlust mm -hmm. right i'm sure that those people had and also they were putting their lives at stake to go because one of the things that you were mentioning about the caravansaray is that it was a business so they actually had soldiers that would take you from one uh caravansaray halfway through the through the um, through the steps Territory. to the next one where it you would be met by other soldiers and then go that way right so it had all this network and of course it was also a let's say, uh, as they say in the economics, a rent-seeking uh, proposition, that is, uh, they basically controlled the the routes, right? So then you would get taxes on top of that kind of stuff, and who is the one that is owns the place and all that, but you have this mixture of cultures that only happens whenever you have this, like, it only happens in a beautiful way whenever you have trade, and that's what was like, oh, I can and I even took some photos of uh, of the spot to create some of the ancient photographs that I'm trying to in this new project that I'm working on so it was quite fast especially because of the fact that it was rebuilt mm -hmm. it was already very much in the idea of the my projects of rebuilding like this ancient civilization so that was very cool about the caravansaray yeah but it also was very cool experience that in both theaters we caught moments that it was quiet nobody because in caravansaray i was walking around like now it's not the most popular touristic spot in cappadocia because uh, people so usually people come here for two four days two days or four days sometimes yeah. at most so they're they're like basically rushing to see everything and then caravansaray sometimes people go for dervish show in the evening but we went literally at 1 2 p.m which is not the most people are somewhere else and it was quiet, but I was walking around and thinking, oh, probably this place was so noisy and loud usually. Because all the people like talking and it's like, it's big, but it's not that big if you're thinking about all caravans or that were traveling. And what if like two or three caravans arrived at the same time there and probably for trading spots, it was the case. So everyone was probably on top of each other. Someone is talking, drinking tea, playing music, trading, like all that mixture of like... Uh, almost like a ghosts, but nice ghosts in mm -hmm. the place that you feel like, oh, it probably was such a different energy. And then here we are completely almost like alone with that music on the background. And it definitely uh, makes you uh, meet your own thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why we stay there for a long time. And speaking of a long time, we should probably talk about the caves and oh, our experiences yeah. there. So the cool thing that of course people go come to uh to Cappadocia to see is of course sometimes if you're like 
if you book it like in advance and you can search around, you can find hotels like this one that we're staying that uh, actually have caves that were probably inhabited before and that uh, they basically modified and modernized to be able to accommodate like, I don't know, all the like electricity and washrooms and... Uh, they want the... to accommodate uh, Instagram uh, tourists. <laughs> yeah, and the regular people that want electricity. <laughs> but it's like, it's really cool. It's like a, this boom that happened in Cappadocia over whatever. Some I hear not different numbers, but sometimes it's like from the last 50 years people started coming. I heard about 20 years, about, I heard about 10. Uh, so I think it went incrementally bigger because this was more like uh, Gureme, where we are right now. It's like a city that is... Um, used to be like a backpacker's place and sometimes you see random people walking around because there are these valleys around that look so the geology of the place is fascinating mm -hmm. and they have these caves and this basically houses inside the caves that have like this little spots on the corners where they would put uh, either lights or they would put their animals or they would put whatever kind of storage and uh, they were basically living in those places and there are sometimes as you're driving looking around you see these little like holes on the on the top and they supposedly they are like tombs that people would put their mm -hmm. uh, uh, like their dead ones like uh, there. And the, no one knows exactly uh, when these caves were uh, created. Like were created. I first heard about like the the, the theory, no, the hypothesis that this would be really ancient uh, by following the work of uh, Graham Hancock, who is a cool writer, and. Um, from the point of view of, let's say, modern science, like uh, from what I understand, it's started in the times of the Hittite Empire. So I would say it's like four or five thousand years ago, they started excavating and using these things. And then it was used progressively through, by, throughout history by different people. And they adapted those places, these uh, volcanic rocks that are somewhat easy to carve. But they, so the Christians used it in the beginning of the Christian. Of, Christianity to hide they uh, all people's like because this was a route like a trading route there were a lot of raids and people coming so they would go into the underground cities and live in those places so it's quite fascinating to think of all the cultures that were um, like coming to this place and changing it to be their house and at the same time see the regularity of the designs everywhere like all the houses having like that little pit in the middle where they would cook the food and the little place it has these hooks that we didn't know what it was and then someone explained that those are actually to put a rope around so if you had animals you could basically tie your animals to to the rocks to like to so that they wouldn't escape so that was already quite fascinating and interesting for me, not only from the like novelty of it, but for from my interest in ancient civilizations. So it was my first contact with the dream. In the, as I mentioned before, it was like the first time uh, as we were going. I'm going a little bit long on this, but uh, interrupt me at any time. But I felt like a kid when I went to see the balloons the first time and actually go on the balloon the first day. And every day, day that's, that's the thing that can make you wake up at 5 a.m. Yes, or 3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about balloons, I guess, in another episode. But besides that, like speaking of like caves and the underground city, we went to one of the big excavated uh, underground cities. Apparently, they, they have about 30-something underground cities that are known and are being excavated or being uh, some of them available to the public. 
and it's like eight floors down. It would house, I heard different numbers between 2,000 and 20,000 people, so I'm not sure which ones uh, are correct. But in any case, it's a lot of people to be on the ground. And being able to go there the, as we were like uh, going there, I felt this sort of like this connection to, to like an important part of history and I couldn't put my finger on it. And it was so, the first thing that struck me was this, the, the similarity with the caves outside right it was so much the same style and those little corridors and those things and i had this feeling of oh i want to create some photograph or some image related to this and i even documented the process throughout like of my thinking process as i was cre uh, going through the um, the um, the underground city and it was very interesting that usually i am one that does not like to hike I do not like to climb. I do not like to go and get hurt in the in places. I have. I don't have that in me at all. I remember being 18, going on a hike with my friends. And I remember like my girlfriend at the time was saying like, oh, I'm waiting for you here. And uh, my friends saying, oh, like we're going out to this party. My mom had put like, oh, we made pasta and we bought this wine for you. And I am freezing my bum in like this storage house in the middle of nowhere because our jeep broke and i'm like why am i going here um and in this case my psychology changed instantaneously and completely i would say so because <laughs> i was like i see maybe because your girlfriend was with you <laughs> <laughs> no it was no. uh no <laughs> no no really sorry <laughs> no but it, no but it was very interesting because I w if I was going to like climb a certain thing because I wanted to see the part of the house, it was because there was something there that is history that I would love to see. Um, and I have to go there to see it and to be there in that place. And in the underground city, it was this interesting thing that we don't know how old those things are and has been used by different cultures so they of course interfere with with each other so it's very difficult to date but the thing that caught my attention was no inscriptions nothing written aside from the graffiti that drives me crazy that is uh, people like very modern people doing graffiti on the spot so did it erode did it have written things before it's very strange i don't know why it doesn't have there's a lot of uh especially in this uh, like Paleolithic times that there is no inscriptions, there's no signage. It's, uh, there's no even ancient graffiti in those places in a way. So that was very interesting to me. But I think the, the main thing was like this spontaneity that it's like I see a dark hole, the dark cave on the corner that is not part of the main um, like um, area of access that you are allowed to go. But... Uh, to your own luck, like uh, they are not responsible for anything that happens there. They even warn you in the beginning. Uh, and I would go into the things and it's like, okay, this is a dead end. Oh, this actually was collapsed. Oh, this is closed. So it brought a certain level of my personality that was like, first of all, fearless. I'm just, oh, I'm just going to go there. Like uh, in check, even going into this corner, when you go way down the bottom, when the Christians were already using the place, there was this... Um, that was the only time I felt a little bit afraid that there was this uh, catacomb, so the place where they would put their dead, and you have to go through this very, very, very narrow um, um, corridor, and then you go into this room, and it has sort of like as if it's like um, 
like a whole to put a body, basically the size of a body. And then when you go even further, and you have to crouch, like to, to, to really get like, as if you're squatting and walk squatting. So it's like, okay, whatever, I'll just go walk squatting. Thank God for uh, the flashlight on your phone. Uh, and you go in and then you see the space and it's like, yeah, okay, dead people were put here. And usually that doesn't do anything to me. But the weird thing that I thought, it's like, okay, let me turn this light off. So I turned it off. And then I was like, okay, I'm in the dark in this place, right? It's like, oh, that's okay. So I said, okay, let me go back. Then I turned on the, the light and it's like, okay, but I'm squatting. How am I going to go back? And then it was very difficult to, to like to squat backwards, basically. And... And that I felt a little bit like uncomfortable, but basically the enthusiasm of looking at those places in the in the uh, underground city that was um, I was not expecting to find myself being so interested in uh, like physical exploration of places. Me neither. <laughs> well, to me it was interesting, but uh, caves and underground caves not really my thing. So for me, at some point, it got more interesting. My interest transformed into observing you being so excited, and as I joke, like you didn't miss any holes. <laughs> and the dark it was, the more excited you wanted to go there. So at some point, I even stopped asking, "Oh, do you want to go there?" I just like, okay, let's just go. <laughs> so. No, it was, of course, interesting, the realization, oh, my God, like, people live there. Because I am, first, I love sun. I love warmth. I hate, I'm afraid of darkness. And I'm afraid of height. And there, you need to sometimes go on a, like, uh, I mean, you're on the ground, so you're not super high. But you still need to go, like, on a uh, steep incline, steep incline mm-hmm. somewhere. And so... Uh, for me, it was just like, oh my God, some people actually live there. <laughs> like, nope, not, not my thing. And I even remember you were asking, oh, do you want a photo here? Do you want a, a little dance here? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, interesting to see, like, the they had this air shaft. That was fascinating when we saw the first time that basically how you would you have the air coming down all the way down so they had all the structure to 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 do that and uh, it's basically this big air vent like carved into the rock and you could there you could actually see the sun so there would be like a little hole that they could cover if they needed to but they would be able to see and then the air would come to all the the different levels right and uh, they would uh, like it was used throughout history in different times so but the idea was like they would uh, stay up to six months down um, according to this is again not uh, accepted scientific history but our hypothesis that if these are let's say as old as Gobekli Tepe or other places like that, they would have been used at the end of the last ice age. Again, this is all speculation. The problem is that it's so difficult to find, okay, if you are an archaeologist, just go and if this is wrong, go and debunk it and say, okay, this is wrong because of this, this, this and that. We know this because of this, this, this and that. Impossible to find this information. And they usually focus on when Christianity was there, when the Romans were there, then when the Seljuk were there, when the Ottomans were there. So, okay, so but that's later. We understand that part. We understand that that's very well established. But what happened before? What about, what about the Hittites that were there? So that was to me as a, a person that is highly skeptical of most 
things and they know about uh, I'm a, let's say Carl Sagan um, thinking lover like in about in terms of science so at the same time you can see that people are not being very honest with what they actually know which makes this place even more fascinating one of the things that was fascinating to me and actually the thing that inspired the photograph that I want to create inspired by the underground world was this so they had this rounded uh, rocks. door rocks like like as if it's like a wheel and it's supposed to to weight like about 500 tons no sorry 500 kilos i don't know it's like this heavy one it's, it's not 500 tons for sure but it's like a, of course not but like it's super heavy and difficult to maneuver and they would use supposedly according to the guys there they would use this to close off the city the to passages, the passages the yeah, yeah from enemies and, and all this stuff and you could the, like alert people on the old in the on the downward um steps and all that and that was very interesting however it's very difficult to think okay if you're able to close this that fast you should probably be able to open it that fast too so what would prevent other people from like actually opening it it's very strange like i don't know like I, this is I'm speaking out of ignorance i'm not sure because uh to close it you will still have they are leaving that space so you can push together against the wall but for other people the rock touches the wall so yeah, yeah. you kind of it's a different yeah i don't know like, to hmm. me it was very strange but independently of that the, the image that came to my mind was that um Oh, and the other thing that that also like caught my attention is that the floor right now is all like nice steps that they rebuilt Mostly. most of the time, most of the time. <laughs> uh, but we were, I was able, one of the climbs that I did to weird like, uh, like uh, places, you could see how the floor actually was, right? And that was very interesting to, to, to navigate. And then I had this image of, because of these underground cities, they are sort of like this portal to your unconscious. In my case, it was like to this, call to adventure and exploration and the sort of courage that I did not know I had that easily, you know, and uh, for Jan, I was like seeing like sometimes you're getting like, basically you were managing your fears of dark and closed spaces and all those things because of me, as you said. So it was very interesting to see how like underground doesn't matter where it is. It has this relationship to unconsciousness and to our hopes and dreams. And what I thought would be interesting about this door is as if you have one person, yeah, that's the image that I, that I thought, you had this one person like either closing or opening and it would be in a place. That's the image I saw when I saw that, that rock was, okay, a door can be used to close, but it can be used to open and to invite. So I think even to, to bring back to your, to your thing about like uh, our inadequacies, our fears and all those things, I think it has to do with that thing that uh, a door can be closing or opening depending on how you interpreted it. And so if you are afraid, the door is closing towards you. And if you are going beyond your fear, that door is opening. And that's how I, I thought of that image for that, for that photograph in that, in that spot. And that was like very interesting to, to, to think uh, of. And I think to finish off, unless you have something more to say about the underground stuff, to finish off, we should mention our um, the ring story. Ah, <laughs> just to finish off. Sure, maybe. completely different. Topic. Yes, just to finish but off. Super, super cool. Yeah, so you go ahead. So 
first day in Cappadocia, after balloons, we go driving around uh, places, we come to like some caves, some exploration, and then at the end of the day, already almost sunset, we decide, okay, let's check this valley because maybe it's a cool spot to record something there. We're kind of tired already, but okay, let's go for it anyway. We come there, Pedro has his drum, and then he sees... Uh, his drum right here. Yes, uh, so from the side of the valley there is a little passage to two big rocks, so he decides he wants to drum, and you take your jewelries off because you never drum with it, including your wedding ring, put in the pocket, go there, record, uh, you drum and I record you, then I already come back to the uh, car, so I'm already on the main part of the valley, you go halfway through that short passage, and for whatever reason you decide to put the ring on your finger, and both of us see this ring going bim, 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 and it stops on the inclined part, but not super super deep into the valley, just inclined, but inside the grass, and which is dry grass. Dry grass that looks like gold. <sighs> I remember it was because you were already a bit tired, so because we woke up 3 a.m. that day. It was balloon day, yes. So, yes. so we were in that like high of emotions on uh, going around and looking places and then we were walking around we should mention that this was they call love valley and uh, i thought oh you know what it's my first time uh, like with this drum i let's shout out to um uh, hakan kaya from sonica that actually i was able to borrow this specific drum while my other one is being fixed and uh, if you want cool darbukas in turkey he's the guy to get from um Anyway, so I was, let me see how it sounds in a dry space. So I was like playing around with the drum, letting the sun do, and then Jan is recording me. So I think, oh, in the Love Valley, let me already think of like drum solos and things for her. And then I never wear my ring when I'm playing because it will damage the skin. So it was in my pocket and I was going off. I was like, okay, let me put my, back my watch, my drum, bing, bing, bing. I, said, I could not believe, and I could not simply go running after it because I had the drum, which is a very delicate drum, so I could not run to get it. And then I, uh, okay, let me look exactly where it falls. And then I looked. And then when I went down, No, I and then you turned it. because you need to put the drum back. Yes, yes. So <laughs> we both saw it stop there. So we go there, we try to find it. We can't. It's already sunset time, so the sun starts going down. We're in this valley, so it's like... Okay, we can't find it. But Let's... we looked for an hour. Yes, there. yeah. Yes. We and uh, just to mention, like it's like yeah, it's your it's your wedding ring. It's like <laughs> we've been married for like six years, uh, and uh, I was always like I don't know, like it's. I think it was more important to me than it was to you the physical object itself. I don't know, but I was like, damn it, I'm not gonna be the guy that lost his wedding ring. <laughs> as long <laughs> as I didn't throw it on purpose, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, first day, we don't find it. We decide, okay, let's go and ask for metal detectors because that will be easy. We saw it didn't go all the way down to the bottom of the valley. It's somewhere here in the grass. We go there next day. We try to find metal detectors. We discover that they are uh, forbidden in Turkey. The use of them is forbidden because of artifacts that people are searching here. So they yeah. basically said it's... One guy said, oh, you can be arrested if they see you using metal detectors, especially on the hill of a valley <laughs> like that. So instead of metal detector, we just decided to go back to the we valley. We got scissors, gloves, and, yeah, and we spent almost two hours, two hours trying to find. They basically cut the whole grass out on that corner, and at some point, I was literally 
caressing the valley. Like, and the, also one of the things that I should mention, like uh, the idea from uh, Neil Gaiman, you should watch that commencement address that is like, oh, whatever happens, if something bad or something like whatever, make good art. Then one of the things, because I was very sad that night before going the second day trying to find it. And then I started like, basically, I actually imagined as a children's story. Like, and uh, hopefully it will come out someday. That, but it's like, I was imagining the story of like, that the Love Valley was so, um, uh, like, enchanted or about, or at least uh, impressed with their love that they stole the ring to see if they would survive that, right? So I started writing this little story. And so it was like kind of cute. And then the next day we were like, I was literally caressing the, the, all this, like all everywhere, like trying to find. And there was the next challenge, which is around 5 p.m. There was one B <laughs> that was coming and was coming on top of me to try to find, it's like, okay, just throw more, more, uh, <laughs> so two hours, also we reached there, it was already like sunset when we decided, okay, we lost it, it's done, uh, Love yeah. Valley, it will be entrusted, we actually thought, okay, whatever, let's actually try to find metal detector, like, yeah, let's just, we'll whatever, see if we we'll can see. find it, yeah, uh, but we decided we'll, because we spent the day on logistics of stuff yeah. and we decided, okay, we are tired, so we need to rest and deal with logistics. So these situations don't occur because of tiredness. And then we decided, okay, we didn't find it. Let's focus on shoots, on creating content. Then we may come back to it. Yeah. The next day we go just shooting balloons in the morning, sunrise. A very yeah. cool videos. Uh, dancing, you will see at the end of this club. Yes, <laughs> background of balloons, very cool. And then we end up being close to Love Valley. Completely for different reason, and then he was like, "Okay, let's drop by. We're yeah. literally two minutes away." From yeah, there. I mentioned like, you know what? Let's just drop by and see. Right? And then on the way there, I, I, we're in the car, and I'm telling like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, let's maybe transform it into something like interesting and special. Not just like, oh, you lost the ring. Maybe I should uh, leave my ring there and let the rings reunite in the love valley, and then we'll both go together and buy two new rings and make it some special like story and occasion." Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, but that... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Yes? <laughs> okay. Huh? If you want to add anything. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. And then I'll tell from my perspective. You come to La Valley, you start walking first. I know you, you kind of got a bit sad and emotional about like my suggestion and story that it's like got you emotional. And then what I see in front of my eyes that you go on that hill, you bump, you fell, and then you reach your... <laughs> And then you get the ring. Yeah, so yeah, so what happened was that we went there. So then uh, then Yana very nicely, like then you see that you married the right person. Because what she said was like, oh, like uh, maybe because I was thinking the way that I was trying to interpret this is a in a nice way. It's like, okay, it's it's gold, it's metal, it will be in this place and slowly go down inside the, the love valley. So it's like the love valley got that ring even 10 20 generations someone will find <laughs> yeah and and the way that i was thinking was like oh damn it like it's it just had like it's how could i be so stupid all those things and then Yana says this thing that i thought was like so beautiful that she would like uh, get and throw her ring there and then you would get new ones i thought oh, it's so like uh, beautiful like a nice love uh, story like but then i was like I don't want her to throw away her jewelry. Like uh, I don't want her to, to like the like the girl that I love to be like 
throwing away her stuff. And then I was very sad. So it's like, no, no, let me just go on my own. That's why Yana was on the back. And I was walking and I, I looked. And of course, we don't have grass anymore. So then there is this wind coming. And so I see it glittering. I see glimmering, the, the shining, that ring. Uh-huh. It was there. And I looked, and then I was like, 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 tears and all that. And I was like, huh, okay, cool. Thank you, Love Valley. Like, uh, nice. And then I just, I I saw it, and I started walking towards it. But I sort of, like, was not paying attention to the floor. And then I fell (laughs) down. And then it was like, okay, that's funny. Wait, where's your ring? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like... Okay, like uh, we found a ring and we both got like uh, very emotional in the place. And you know, it's just a thing in a way, but it's more than a thing. Just like history is more than than just what happened. It's what's happening right now, right? So uh, in the end, it was a very fun... Cute story. That's a <laughs> story, story to remember. And yeah. to finish off our today's episode. Yeah, so I uh, hope you guys found this uh, interesting, this uh, talk of love and history and uh, inspiration life. and life. Artist- date yeah that's for sure so um if you like again if you like the episode um like subscribe tell your friends it really helps the the channel so we can bring these things to you if you have any questions or comments leave it on youtube um again as you mentioned we're creating so much content around cappadocia so make sure to check out yana dance club where we're putting this intensive about drumming where i drum for Yana for drum solos for improvisation of drum solos that we're creating all across uh, Cappadocia and um, anything else? Nope I think it was quite a weird geography thing from uh, caves uh, to caravansarais to underground cities to ring stories so I hope you guys you enjoy as Pedro mentioned, check out Yandens Club. There's a lot of stuff, and a lot of stuff will be put in, in the future that we are creating right now in Turkey, including Cappadocia, which I'm very excited about. And on this note, uh, like, subscribe to our channel, yeah. like the video, and... Uh, we'll see you on the next artist date.